1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Uh, we're kicking off a sermon series today, a new sermon series on gratitude. Uh, don't all of you be excited, okay? <laughs> so I thought I'd start by sharing with you some of the things that have been going on up in Alanson, uh, some of the things we're excited about, uh, some of the things I'm personally grateful for as well. Uh, first, I'm grateful for our life groups. Uh, this is something that we started within the past few years up in Alanson. Uh, we launched this fall with around 50 people involved in life groups this year. So we're really excited about that. There's a new couple that just moved into town as well, super involved in their last church, and uh, they came to me the other day. It was their first Sunday was when we launched our life groups, and they were able to sign up, get involved, get connected, and they were just like, we are blown away by how the Lord answered our prayer to find a church, a church family, so quick, so fast after we've moved uh, from, from a city that was over a few hours away, uh, he's just answered that prayer for us, and he's orchestrated that so perfectly. So it's exciting to hear what's going on in our life groups. Second, I'm thankful for our youth ministry. We were able to uh, kick the fall off with a new youth center. And uh, I have a picture for you here. Uh, it actually started out as a barber shop, believe it or not. And, uh, and our youth director, Zach Barker, and our volunteer leaders, and our, and our students, uh, they helped remodel it, and here's what it looks like now. That's pretty nice, isn't it? So the Lord's working, and it's not, it's not big, but it's making a difference in the lives of our students. It, it's, it's giving them a place to belong, a place to, to come enjoy that they can make their own, and, and a place where, uh, most importantly, they can hear the good news of Jesus being preached to them every week. Uh, there's so much more that I could stand up here and praise Jesus for, but the last thing I'm going to brag on him about is our uh, needs program. We started this program earlier in the year, and we've seen the program grow to around 12 people this year. That's 12 people who've come in from our community in Alanson to participate in a Right Now Media Bible study and who we've been able to help financially through a difficult season in their life. So the Lord's doing a lot up in Alanson that we can be grateful for. Now I have a glass of water up here. And... Uh, can everyone see this glass of water? Do I need to lift it higher? Here, I'll, I'll lift it up a little for you. That's, uh, so this is how much water I drink. All right? it's, it's a lot of water, but it's a, it's a glass of water. And I have a kind of a controversial question for you. And you know who you are, so you've got to be honest with me, because you know who you are. You know, you know what way you lean. But I have a controversial question, and here, here it is. Raise your hand. Actually, we'll do a raise your hand. Raise your hand if you think this glass is half empty. Wow, we have a lot of optimists in this room today. That's amazing. I, I'm excited. Maybe I don't even need to preach this sermon, right? Uh, how many of you think this glass is half full? Okay, a lot of you. All right. Wow, that's amazing. Well, uh, I'm going to be real with you. Uh, unlike many of you, it seems like gratitude and thankfulness isn't something that just comes to me naturally. 
It's, uh, I really have to work at it. You can ask my wife. Uh, old, sinful, selfish John can be a glass half empty, uh, grumbling, pessimistic person a lot of times. Uh, if you're familiar with Winnie the Pooh, I relate a little more with Eeyore than I do with the Tigger. That's why I married a Tigger, okay? I needed more optimism in my life. Uh, and Eeyore, that, what does an Eeyore do? They focus on the negative, right? Uh, it, it, they're not surprised to be let down. They expect bad things to happen. Uh, but a Tigger focuses on positive, goes along just loving life, bouncing around all happy with their glass half full. But, and I, I know you're, there's a lot of optimists in this room, so you'll be able to relate to this next. When, when things hit hard, when we go through difficult seasons, it's not good for a Tigger or an Eeyore, is it? It's hard either way. And uh, Woody Allen, I, I don't make a habit of quoting Woody Allen, but Woody Allen sums up a Tigger perfectly in this quote. He says, I'm thankful for laughter, except when milk comes out of my nose. Now, I don't think anyone is always a half-empty or always a half-full kind of person. If we really think about it, uh, especially when it comes to water, whether or not we view a glass as half-empty or half-full kind of depends on how thirsty we are, right? Uh, you know, I'm thankful for the half-glass full unless the half-full glass doesn't actually satisfy my thirst. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't quench that thirst that I have. Uh, then maybe I'm not as satisfied with it. Maybe I don't feel as grateful for it. There's a lot in our life that I think we'd say I'm thankful for, but when bad things happen to us or when, when uh, we go through certain scenarios or situations, we have an except when kind of attitude about it. I'm thankful for laughter except when milk comes out of my nose. I'm thankful for a half full glass of water except when it doesn't satisfy my, my thirst. I'm thankful for my children except when they embarrass me in the middle of a crowded store. I'm thankful for my spouse, except when, you know, she, she, she can say something that annoys me or, or asks me to do something and it inconveniences me, right? I, I'm thankful for God's provision in my life, except when it's not everything that I think he should have provided. I'm thankful for God's promise to answer my prayers, except when he doesn't immediately answer them. We have these except whens in our life. And, and I, want to, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I want you to entertain the thought that maybe there's another way. What if there was another way of looking at life? What if, if instead of saying, I'm thankful for my children, my spouse, God's provision, God's answers to my prayers, ex instead of saying except when, what if we ask the Holy Spirit living in us to help us say even when? I'm thankful always, even when something happens that I don't like. Uh, if you're interested in that version of gratitude, that version of thankfulness, then this sermon series is going to be for you. Uh, if you're not interested in it, then I'm going to ask you to go home and do some work with the Holy Spirit, and, and, and hopefully he will uh, help you become more interested in that, because that is the biblical view of gratitude. Uh, but I have to warn you, it's not easy. We've got to be intentional about it. We, have to, we need the help of Jesus' Spirit in us. We need to have Him change us on the inside uh, when it comes to our attitude about gratitude. We need, we need to daily be filled with the Holy Spirit to grow in gratitude. Our series is called Thanks a Lot. Or maybe it's just Thanks a Lot. I don't, 
Because isn't that, that's a, that's a funny phrase, right? Thanks a lot. Because you could say it very sarcastically, like, thanks a lot, right? Or you can, you can really be filled with gratitude and be like, thanks a lot. Like, thanks so much. And I, I think a lot of us in this series, we're going to start out thinking, thanks a lot, Pastor John, Pastor Jason, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Brant. Thanks a lot for bringing this to our attention. This isn't something I really want to tackle right now. But hopefully, we'll grow in gratitude throughout this series, and by the end of it, we'll, we'll be able to make that transition to, wow, Lord, thanks a lot for, for putting me in a church that's going to challenge me to be more biblical in my gratitude. So today, we're going to look at the basics of gratitude. We're going to start to learn how to thank God even in the midst of our storms, our trials, our tribulations, and our troubles. Uh, we're going to answer the question, how do we make gratitude our daily attitude, no matter what else is going on in our life, no matter what else is going on around us in the world? What's it going to take? I'm going to quickly lay out for you just these basics, and then we'll really dive into it. Here's how we get, here's how we get there. Write this down if you're taking notes. First, we'll look at a letter written by Jesus' brother James. We're going to be in chapter 1, verse 17, and we're going to see that we need to be thankful for the gifts we've been given. Then we're going to jump back to Dr. Luke's gospel, chapter 7, verse 47, to see that we need to be thankful to the giver of those gifts. And finally, we'll end in Paul's letter to the, the church in Thessalonica, uh, chapter 5, verse 18, to see... It's God's will for us to learn how to be thankful in all circumstances. And that's why we're doing this series, because this series is God's will for you. He wants you to be thankful in all circumstances. So please stand with me if you're able. We're going to read these verses out loud together, and we're going to start with the James 1.17 verse. Go ahead and read it along with me. It says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person is who is forgiven little shows only little love. And then the last one. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You can have a seat. Let's pray. Lord, we really, really need you this morning, like every morning. But especially today as we go back to the basics of gratitude. Uh, you know more than we do that it's easy to talk about being grateful and having gratitude, but it's much more difficult to put it into practice in our daily lives. So we ask right now, Lord, just send your Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. Help us grow in gratitude and thankfulness and use your word today to challenge us, encourage us, and even comfort us. We sang it this morning, but we really are sorry for when we take your gifts for granted. And we're asking today that you would give us eyes to see you working all around us. Let your goodness, your graciousness, your faithfulness to us bring us to, into a closer, more trusting relationship with you. 
Help us to learn to praise you even when the world around us seems to be falling apart. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to dive in now to the basics of gratitude. The basics of gratitude. And uh, we're going to start with number one, which is being thankful for the gifts we've been given. Thankful for the gifts we've been given. Let's look at James 1.17 again. It says, whatever is a good and perfect, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So here in this verse, we have these gifts that are just continuously coming down. They're just continuously coming down. And, and uh, these gifts, it's, it's our job to not take them for granted. That's our job as followers of Jesus, is to not take these gifts for granted. But it's more than our job, it's also to our benefit. It's also to our benefit not to take them for granted. Uh, Papa Joe, our shepherding pastor, he's preaching up in Alanson today while I'm here with you guys. And uh, he sent me a quote this week, and it says this. It says, the secret of happiness is to count your blessings while others are adding up their troubles. I thought that was pretty good. So if the key to, to making gratitude your daily attitude is to never stop counting your blessings, then why isn't this one of the highest priorities on our list to, of to-dos. And I can think of two reasons that James is hinting at here. And so I want to show you what James is hinting at. Uh, the first way we tend to suffocate and choke out gratitude in our life is by being too busy. It's by being too busy. James writes that, that these good and perfect gifts are coming down to us from Where? From above, right? From God above. They're coming down to us from above, but being busy, what does it do? It forces us to keep our heads down and to keep grinding and to keep working and to keep going. It says, fill up your calendar. It says, hurry from one thing to the next thing. It says, don't ever take time to stop and appreciate what's around you. Just keep your eyes focused on all the things that you still need to do. Why? Because busyness doesn't want you to have time to think about all that Jesus has already done and is doing. It just says you need to do more. So we take God's gifts for granted when we're too busy. And the second obstacle that gets in the way of our gratitude is being too distracted. Too distracted. James says that these gifts should point us to the one who created all the lights in heaven. The one whose glorious light is shining all around us. How can we not have our eyes focused on that? But then a lot of the time, there's a lot of these shiny things here on earth too, isn't there? There's a lot of these distractions. Uh, uh, our TVs and our phones, our games, our jobs, they all can be a gift. They all can be used as gifts from God, but they also can turn into distractions that distract us, that keep our eyes off all the Lord is doing around us. We're too busy, so when we get home, we're just too exhausted to do anything else, so we just spend all of our time trying to be too distracted from having to do anything else. Now, I know what you're thinking. Being too busy and distracted, that's nothing new, is it? 
How many of you, like, you know, it's like, yeah, I know I'm too busy and I'm too distracted. Uh, I wish I wasn't too busy and too distracted. It's no surprise to me that people are living, you know, they live running uh, at an unsustainable pace or they live uh, with these, these habits of being distracted. Uh, it's no surprise to me. You might even be saying, hey, look, I'd love it if I could find a way to be less busy and less distracted. Well, prioritizing gratitude can help you slow down and kick some of those habits. And here's how. Author Dustin Crow, in his book, The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks, funny book, recommends uh, three ways to open our eyes to God's gifts. And if we can prioritize these three activities, it's going to help us slow down. It's going to help us focus on what matters. Uh, We will grow in gratitude, he says. And the first thing, the first step he says is to do is is to just recognize what's around you. Just recognize what's around you. By stopping and taking the time to notice the world around us, we'll discover all the good and perfect gifts God has placed in our lives. We might even start to see how he's working in the hard times too. The difficult situations. But get this, if we bury our heads in the sand, we can't blame God for the view. Right? If we're not seeing it because we're the ones making ourselves busy, we're the ones making ourselves distracted, we can't blame God for not doing anything, which is what we tend to always do, right? It's like, Lord, I don't ever see you doing anything, but I also am never looking. So recognize what's around you. And then second, he says, reflect on its significance and source. Uh, Right now, as I look across this auditorium, I see all kinds of things. As I look behind me, I see uh, keyboards and mics, and I see lights. I look around, I see uh, a place where all of you are sitting. I see uh, the balcony up there. I see a bunch of people in the room. There's a lot of things that I can observe right now from this room, right? Uh, Things that I can recognize. Well, it means nothing if I'm not willing to reflect on it, right? So if I were to reflect on it, I can see something more than what's actually there. I can be thankful that we have a space for our church family to gather in, right? Uh, I can be thankful that, uh, that the Lord has brought together such a diverse group of people, a diverse group of men and women with different personalities, with different gifts, with different strengths, with different weaknesses, uh, with different stories to carry out his mission uh, to, to reach northern Michigan, I'm thankful that these microphones and lights and speakers and instruments, that they're not just sitting up here for me to observe, but that they're actually being used to preach the good news of Jesus, that they're actually being used to reach people, that they're actually being used to, to, to make Jesus' name great and to advance his kingdom and to have his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's what these things are being used for. That's why it's not just a microphone. It's not just a piano. Uh, that's what you're going to see if you just recognize it, if you just observe it. But it's so much more if you reflect on it and really understand how God is using it. So we need to reflect on things. We need to recognize what's around us. We need to reflect on its significance and source. And if we're not doing that, then it's going to be very hard to do what Crow says next. And this is the part where where it it affects us personally. Because he says, receive it gratefully as a gift and rejoice. So... Recognize what's around you, 
reflect on its significance and source, and then receive it gratefully as a gift and rejoice. Once you see and think about all the blessings, the fulfilled promises, the answered prayers, the way God's working and moving in your life, then receive those things as a gift from God to you. Actually view his presence in and around and through you as a present to you, right? Actually, actually view that as a gift. So, so we're thankful for the gifts we've been given when we recognize them, when we reflect on them, and when we actually receive them as those gifts. Um, but it can't stop there. Uh, let me ask you a question. When someone gives you a present, what should you say? Wow, your parents taught you well. That's what they taught me to, right? When someone gives you a gift, a present, you say thank you. And so... So we need to be thankful not only for the gifts we've been given, but we need to be thankful to the giver of those gifts. And this is exactly what we see happening in the story of the sinful woman in Luke's gospel. We only read one verse of that story. Uh, If you've never heard this story, don't worry. I'm going to go ahead and set it up for you. Uh, This is a very John way of setting it up. So if you actually want to read the story, it's Luke 7. So if you want to go there and read the story, go for it. I'm just going to set the scene. Uh, So there's this religious celebrity, okay? He's named Simon, and he decided to host a dinner party that he wanted to invite Jesus to. So Simon hosts this dinner party. He invites Jesus. Now, in Jesus' day, nice homes were built with a little extra space, okay? And during these dinner parties, anyone in the community that was interested, imagine this, if this was your house, right? right? During these dinner parties, anyone in the community that was interested could come and listen in on what was happening at that dinner. And so that's, that's kind of setting the stage. They would either stand out in this courtyard, kind of trying to look through the window or lean in to hear, or they would crowd around the room uh, to, in order to really listen in on what's going on. But uh, the community was accepted and invited to come listen to what was happening. Well, a lot of people were interested in this guy, Jesus, okay? Uh, so news spread fast about him having this dinner with Simon the Pharisee, And listen to what happens here in Luke 7, verses 37 and 38. Uh, It's going to hone in on one specific woman. It says, When a certain immoral woman from that city heard Jesus was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Now, You're like, aw, right? If you're Simon, the Pharisee, you're probably like, what is this woman doing? Like, he's probably getting annoyed, and and it's it's very distracting probably for a lot of people to listen in on what Jesus is doing when you have this woman at his feet just weeping and crying and washing his feet and keep wipes it with her hair, and you're just like, what is going on in this story? So so it's Simon, he's getting annoyed and distracted, um, but Jesus... uh, he kind of addresses it by telling Simon a story, a parable, if you will. Look at verses 41 through 42. He says, Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. This is another one of those good-feeling stories, right? You're like, 
wait, this this doesn't even make sense. Why would he do that? Uh, But it's a simple little parable. Someone comes into this money lender and says, hey, I need 500 denarii, right? 500 denarii, that was about a year's worth of wages for them. Uh, So imagine like around $50,000 today. He's just like, look, I need $50,000. I'm in this hole I can't get out of. Please loan me the money. Money lender says, sure, it's, it's yours. But then this other guy, he comes in and he's like, look, I need, a, I need about 50 denarii, about two months wages, let's say $5,000 in our day. And again, he's just like, this guy's just handing out money. It's like, I wish I would have known this guy, right? And he's just like, sure, you can have it too. Well, both men default on their loan. They can't repay the debt, but instead of throwing them into debtor's prison or selling them into slavery, which was typically the solution for that, So imagine the position that these guys were in. Instead of selling them into slavery, instead of throwing them into debtor's prison, the moneylender graciously forgave the debts of both men. And you can read the rest of this this passage, this story. Jesus Jesus is confronting the ingratitude of this annoyed, busy, distracted Pharisee. He asked Simon in verses 42 and 43, he says, Who do you suppose loved the moneylender more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. Jesus said, that's right. And then we read Jesus' opinion of this sinful woman in verse 47, uh, which is what we read earlier. It says, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Do you see what Jesus is saying here? Every one of us in here or watching online is the man who can't pay back his $50,000 debts. We're the woman who has many sins, but just like they were given the gifts of mercy and of forgiveness, we've also been given the greatest possible gift that we could ever ask for or imagine. God loved us so much that he gave us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And since he didn't spare even his own son, Scripture says, but gave him up to die on a cross for us all, won't he also give us everything else? My friends, through Jesus, you've been forgiven much. But you've been also given so much more. And that should be the foundation for our gratitude always and forever. The gift of Jesus Christ. He's worth recognizing. He's worth reflecting on. He's worth receiving as a gift. And until the thankfulness in your heart is so great, you should continue reflecting and and recognizing him and receiving him until you can't help but give God thanks for that. And listen to this, in order to give thanks, you can't just feel it. Feeling thanks isn't giving thanks. That's why it's called giving thanks, right? You have to give it. That's why it's called thanksgiving and not thanksfeeling. And the sinful woman is an amazing example for how to give thanks. She shows us how to do that. She says she gives thanks humbly. The woman stood behind Jesus and washed his feet. She didn't pull up a seat at the table, but stood in the background. She didn't say anything about what she was doing. She just did it. We can also give thanks to Jesus by doing all that we can, not to be seen or recognized by others, but so that he sees it. She shows us how to give thanks sacrificially. The woman brought her best perfume, and we can also make sacrifices when needed uh, to go without something that we value in order to thank Jesus. She shows us how to give thanks continuously, just like the woman didn't stop kissing Jesus' feet, we don't stop giving him thanks, to, thanks either. 
you should give thanks to Jesus so much that it's embarrassing. Right? That's, what, that's really what that's saying. She's crying on his feet. She can't stop kissing his feet. That's embarrassing. That's how much she was grateful for what Jesus did for her. And that's how we should be grateful for what Jesus has done for us. Which brings me to the last point. She, she shows us how to give thanks joyfully. The woman may have been crying during dinner, but Jesus tells her, go in peace. And you better believe she was feeling the joy and happiness that comes from living in peace with Jesus. So for those of us who have experienced the forgiveness of Jesus, we give thanks to him, but it doesn't have to be a burden. We can have fun with it. We can laugh while we do it. Uh, our thanksgiving should be a celebration every day, not just this, on November 24th. So stick with me here. After building in the habits of being thankful for the gifts we've been given, after humbly, sacrificially, continuously, and joyfully giving thanks to the giver of gifts, we ha- will have all we need to be thankful in all circumstances, to trust and thank God in the midst of our storms and trials and tribulations. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says this, says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. As annoying or frustrating our situation might be, God does promise to work all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Notice it says that we don't have to be thankful for the circumstances, but thankful in the circumstances, right? That's, we're thankful in the circumstances. Gratitude isn't fake happiness. It's not just putting a smile on and acting like everything's fine. Gratitude is being honest about the difficult, awful, painful situations that we're in sometimes and trusting that God's will for us is good even when it's hard. There will be times where we don't see the good and perfect gifts of God. There will be those times. There will be times where we don't see how God could use our situation for good. There's going to be times where it doesn't make any good sense why we're having to go through what we're having to go through. But listen to this. Gratitude depends on trusting God to do good, not in our ability to see the good he's doing. If we make a habit of being thankful for the gifts we do see and receive, if we make a habit of being thankful to the giver of those gifts, by showing our thanks, then it will help us to be thankful in all circumstances, even the ones where we can't see him working. Don't take his gifts for granted. Don't let busyness and distraction blind you from seeing them. And when you do see them, don't just feel thankful. Give thanks. And trust that he's always doing something you can be thankful for. Because he's already done so much that we can be thankful for. Every good and perfect gift, we can be thankful for that. That's something he's already done. Our forgiveness in Jesus Christ, we can be thankful for that. That's something he's already done. And best of all, he's given us himself in spirit form to come live in us. And if you can't be thankful about that, I don't know what you can be thankful for because that is the promise, that is the blessing. Jesus living with us and in us. That's what heaven is, right? Heaven is going to be in the presence of God, and you have access to that right now. So be grateful for that. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want us to spend some time in prayer. If there's anyone watching online or that's here today and you've never received the greatest gift ever given, I want you to know that Jesus came from heaven to earth. He lived a perfect life 
became the perfect sacrifice for our sins by dying on a cross. And then he rose again three days later, leaving behind an empty tomb. And it's through the gift of his life, his death, and his resurrection that we can be made right with God. We can receive forgiveness for our sins. But it doesn't matter how good a gift is, it won't do you any good unless you accept it. But you can accept it right now by placing your trust in Jesus. That's all it takes. Just let him know. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and there's nothing I can do to earn your forgiveness. I place my faith in you alone. I trust in you alone. I believe that you came to be God in the flesh, that you died on the cross so that my sin could be forgiven, that you've been raised from the dead and are now alive and active in this world through your Holy Spirit. I give you control of my life. I choose to follow you from this day on. Lord, send your Spirit to come live in me. Maybe you've already placed your trust in Jesus, but you're not feeling too grateful this morning. Listen up. Sometimes the best way to show our gratitude is to simply let Jesus know where we're at now. So you can pray this. You can tell him, Lord, I can't see what you're doing. The situation I'm in is exhausting and painful and, and I feel lost and confused about how this could ever lead to anything good. But I still believe. Help my unbelief. I still choose to trust. Help my skepticism. I still choose to have faith. Help my doubts. Help me see and receive whatever gift it is you're trying to give me through this storm I'm swimming through right now. And maybe you're here today and you've realized that it's been a long time since you've stopped and taken time to thank God for all the gifts he's given you. Would you take time right now? Just think about what you can praise him for. Jesus, we, we just want to thank you for our families, our friends, our jobs, the house we get to go back to, the food in our cupboards, the heat that keeps us warm, the cozy bed we get to sleep in, whatever it is. Spend some time expressing how grateful you are for his good and perfect gifts. And if you're online, comment with some, something you're thankful for. Just take time to think about that. What is it that I can be thankful for right now? Thank you, Lord. You've given us so much to be grateful for. You've blessed us with more than we can even imagine, more than we often recognize. But most of all, thank you for your unending faithfulness and love to keep working in us. You keep working through us, to keep working around us even when we're not taking notice. Would you please work some extra special doses of gratitude for my friends here today? Work it into their hearts and minds and spirits as we continue this series. It's in the mighty and awesome name of Jesus we pray.